Yes, it is a privilege indeed for me to, uh, to, to do this. Almost it's a small tradition. I don't know if you know ICF very well. We don't have a lot of traditions, but it's almost becoming a tradition that the last Sunday of the year I can preach which is a, such a huge honor. And I always do that with a team. So I always uh, invite two other great preachers to preach together with me. And so um, I want to welcome here on stage my team. Come on, give a big hand for the two ladies. It is Janice Brown. She is of our 180, one of the leaders there. And Deborah Menzi. She is a nurse, but she has been a leader here in ICF Zurich. Uh, for years and they are here now on stage they did well with this big bike we're going to talk more about this bike because as you have seen yeah come on jingle bass here give a warm welcome to our ladies debbie and janice come on it's a privilege to preach with them now there was a bit uh, a rough entry here but you did very well still exhausted now but that's can we want to look back to the year 2020. And the year 2020 was not always that exciting. Am I right? Yeah, more or less. So like this ramp and this whole ride, sometimes it was tough, sometimes it was unexpected. Now, I have looked it up on the internet. Now, if 2020 was toilet paper, it would look like this. You see that? It's, it's like, yeah, you're not sure if you really want it. Or if, if 2020 was, was a car, maybe the car would look like this. So with a lot of situations where you don't really know what to do with that. Or if 2020 was a slide for kids, it would look like this. It kind of starts fun, but then it, it, it ends really rough. Or now the last one, for all the games, do we have people who are gamers? Like for you, there's a new difficulty level now. Next time you buy a new game, there's a new difficulty level, which is called 2020. So uh, a year that difficult, some of us didn't have. But we want to look back and check this year. Debbie, you also had always an easy year, huh? No, I didn't. <laughs> um, so I took this picture you're going to see. Um, shortly after looking after a corona patient and only sometime later I realized the symbolic meaning of this photo. I think this year has had a great impact on all of us, mm. like I had with this goggles, <laughs> right? It was for many of us a tough year, but still it was a year where God did a lot of miracles but he did them in another way, in a different way. So what happens when we go through difficulties and through circumstances that we didn't expect? Our faith is always challenged a lot. And it's always the question, will your faith become smaller because of the difficulties? Or can you put trust in your Jesus again so your faith can become even bigger? So trust God, even in all these difficulties uh, after this year, that's a challenge where we want to go through. And we're going to have three stories. Each one of us has a story and we take out one character of God that is not always very easy to deal with, but it's very good and very loving. So we want to challenge you and your faith to grow this afternoon. 
So let's start tennis. Come on. Um, at the very beginning of this year, my husband and I realized some stains in our apartment in the ceiling, which is never good news. So uh, we contacted the management for our apartment, like, so we see some stains, what's happening here? Do you already know anything about this? And then they're like, yeah, we already know it. It's a water damage from the 10th floor. We're very sorry, it's from the sanitary facilities which means sewage, uh, we weren't too happy about that. And they told us, we're checking out right now whether you can stay in your apartment and actually be there while we're constructing everything back to the foundation or if you have to move out of your apartment so we can rebuild everything and look at its hygiene. So not very good news. I immediately started praying and I'm like, Lord, I'm serving your church right now. I'm building your church. I'm studying theology and it's just so difficult. And I don't want to bring up my energy um, for moving out again, moving into a home that I don't even feel like home and moving back in. So please, Let's just live me, live, let me live inside my apartment and let me invest my energy in better things than moving around. Um, well, you could probably imagine we had to go out of our apartment because of the water damage. We didn't know for how long. Um, I really wasn't happy about it. I brought a picture for you in one of the thousand escalator rides with the packages and all our stuff coming back in. Um, this was already when we moved back in our apartment. You think I would be happy that we can go home again, but it was just so much energy and so many rides. I really was so um, exhausted about this. But when we moved in the other apartment, it was exactly during lockdown which meant we were there for three months and we moved in one week before the lockdown. So I thought I wouldn't be in this apartment any, uh, at all, not much time, I will be working, I don't need any of my things. So I didn't bring a lot. Um, it was a studio apartment, which meant one hotel room with living space and um, a small kitchen and everything in one room, no doors to close. So my husband and I were within one room for three months doing home office, which was quite a difficulty. <laughs> but we decided to do the best out of it. So I brought a picture for you um, when I was trying to build a new table because our table was too small for two people to work at. And it's me at a new functioning standing table. Please take a look at my beautiful outfit. And also uh, the despair in my eyes is pretty obvious, I think. But we were trying to do the best out of it. And one friend of us, he texted me, he's like, from glory to glory, from view to view. But it really didn't feel like that. I brought the picture from the view. We were located at the uh, Pucheckplatz. We saw all over Zurich, it was fantastic. Like the view is absolutely stunning. It really is, the, the balcony was huge. But we just were stuck there in a the room with none of our things, um, trying to do home office. I remember one day um, I had to do small group on our balcony outside because one of the girls was like, I'm sorry, but it's really annoying if I hear a man voice in the background, but it was raining that day. So I wore like three jackets sitting on the floor uh, with my phone doing small group. So it was really difficult. And I was like, Lord, I had this amazing plan. Like seriously, I had such a good plan. We would stay in the apartment. I would tell everyone that it was your protecting hand, that it was your blessing, that we could stay in the apartment, that you were just like 
blessing our apartment. And now I'm here stuck for three months. I, I brought some picture from the construction site from our real apartment. And I took the pictures because I was so happy that they've been like that they've come so far already when we visited. But that's how it actually looked like for a really long time. So I brought the Bible verse for you. And the Bible verse shows God's way in a different way than I expected it in this situation or that I do on a daily basis, I think. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I'm just here like, you know, the problem with it is my thoughts and my ways are pretty amazing. <laughs> and God's ways, not always so much, or it seems like it. I actually prefer when I'm on this bike of going through a ride through my life, I'm here on the bike, having a great plan, having everything perfectly figured out, that I can stay in my apartment, that I can just build the church as I imagine it or as I want it to be, that I can just plan everything out. And then whenever I need God's miracle working hand, I just let go of the handlebars and I'm like, okay, God, so it's your turn now. Please don't mess it up. You've got your moment now. Just put your blessing on it and my way is gonna be a win-win for you and me. It sounds funny, but it's actually the way that I feel very often. And the problem with that is, that I minimize my Lord so, so much. I minimize him on the way that I see things. I minimize him on what I can understand. But he's so much bigger than that. He is so much bigger than just a tooth fairy where I put my amazing plans and dreams underneath my pillow and he just puts onto it everything that I need for it to work out. You know, so often I feel like I have complete insight that I understand everything, that I have the whole perspective. And then after things happen, I realize that God actually had the whole perspective. And, you know, I realize that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of trust for me to accept that God's ways are not always my ways or actually pretty often are not my ways. Like if you think about the Christmas story, which we just celebrated the past few days, I mean, if he'd asked me how he is gonna save the world, how he's gonna save us, it would have been completely different plans, definitely nothing to do with the barn, maybe a lot to do with uh, laser swords, I don't know, but definitely a whole other story. Like seriously, but it doesn't mean that God is not working if I can't see it. My story that I told you about our water damage in our apartment, it's not a story where I'm like, and the Lord blessed us so much more than I could have imagined. Or like, oh, he completely teached me this one important lesson because we had to move out. No, it just sucked. I just had to go through it. I don't know why, but it's okay. And I still believe that my Lord is so much bigger and that he was with me during moving, that he was with me in the new apartment and that he's really miracle working, but just not in the ways that I plan it all out perfectly. So for me, that really means that this, oh, I'm going backwards. This is my place 
on the side career. This is where I want to live my life. And it sounds maybe funny, maybe weird, but my Lord belongs to be here. My Father in heaven, he really knows what I need. And he really knows, he sees the whole perspective. He actually has insight, not like I think I do. He actually has. He is so much bigger than what I box him into. He is so much bigger than what I can see, than what I can understand. He says in the verse that we read, he's so much higher than the heaven is from the earth. I have no idea how far it is, but it sounds pretty far. And the thing is, when I sit here, I can still tell him where I want to go. Lord, I really wish that I can stay in the apartment. Lord, I really wish that you would be talking to me when I take my 10 minutes of silence during the day. Lord, I really wish that I could build the church easily, easier than it has been in 2020. I can still tell him. And I think he's happy if I tell him. But it takes courage and it takes a decision for me to trust in his ways all the time. And I really want to take this decision to trust this Lord that is so much bigger than I could ever understand. So this summer I went hiking in Switzerland, of course, uh, with my husband and my father-in-law. And we went five hours uphill to the top, which was quite exhausting. But on our way down, we chose a different path. And when we realized how dangerous this trail was, it was already too late to turn around. So it was very steep, it was slippery, and there was only a thin uh, wire rope to hold on to. You see those two people in blue on the picture? That was where we had to come down. And I was full of fear. And I was like, how could I ever do this? And that's how my 2020 felt. Stuck on a mountain and almost falling from the abyss, into the abyss. And when you look at this picture of the bicycle, I felt like I was sitting on the side carrier and we're just speeding downhill, Jesus and me, without braking. I had several different challenges in my life this year. Um, one was at work. I was bullied. Um, we had different um, problems in our team, which resulted in some people, quite many people quitting. And then I'm working in a hospital. So then the second Corona wave hit us hard. And the last two months were really exhausting for me and right now I sometimes in the morning I don't even know how we'll go through another shift so often this years this year I was sitting there and asking God in tears why is this life so hard right now and if you are my leader on the on the brakes why can't you slow down for a bit and when I go through difficult times I inspire myself by looking to people who also experience hardships. And in the, in the Bible, you find plenty of them. And I want to look at, you, uh, at the life of Peter with you. He spent three years with Jesus. He saw his miracles, his death, his resurrection. Later on, he founded the first church in Jerusalem and he performed miracles himself. That sounds pretty awesome, right? But Peter had to suffer too. He was arrested 
because of his faith at least four times. And he was whipped. He lost friends because they died as martyrs. And eventually he died himself. Uh, they assume he was crucified uh, in Rome. So this Peter writes a letter to other persecuted Christians. And we read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And I was thinking, this doesn't sound like an encouragement at first. It more sounds like an in, instruction to be perfect to those suffering Christians. I didn't get it at first. So let's take time to look at the meaning of the word holy. And this is pretty interesting. In the original text, we find in Greek the word hagios, which means to be different or belonging to God. And in Hebrew, we have the word kodash, which means being set apart or dedicated to God. And that meaning gave me a new understanding of our God. We serve a holy God, a God who is different than we expect or imagine. He is a flawless God, but he still opens his arms full of love widely for us. He is a, a God full of peace, full of mercy. He is different. He's the one who changes lives, who forgives, who heals, who brings death from death to life. And this God wanted to bring hope to the earth. So he sent his son, Jesus, down to us. And Jesus himself also sat down in the side carrier. He was trusting his father completely and the mission he was given to bring salvation and hope to the earth. He chose to ride to speed downhill without breaking, even if it meant suffering and death, all just for us, for you and me. And what does it mean for us to be holy? I think it's not about trying to be perfect, but about being dedicated to God, to being different. I love this word, dedicated to God. And for me, it's nothing else but living in relationship with Jesus in our everyday life. And if you walk with Jesus, you will learn to, to hear his voice. And he will tell you how you can change, how you can be more like him and less than your old, like your old life. And I, I strongly believe Jesus gives us the courage and the power to change. But there's one thing that we need to bring to the table. And that's the willingness to obey. And that costs us something. You know, Peter, when we get to know him in the gospel, he, he seems to be pretty impulsive. He almost smashes the head of a temple servant to protect Jesus. But years later, when he writes the letter to those Christians, he doesn't say, if they attack you, strike back. He says, be holy, be different, do good and turn away from harm. So what happened in between? I believe Peter decided 
to follow Jesus, to be dedicated, dedicated to Jesus with his whole life. And he was ready to change, to use his temperament, not for violence anymore, but for his kingdom. And Peter was also ready to sit in a side carriage and trust a God, even if it meant to speed downhill. So what does it mean for us, for you and me today? You know, when I was standing on that steep mountain, there was one thing that kept me from uh, driving crazy and calling the Rega. And that was the calmness and the confidence of my companions. They are experienced mountaineers and they told me, Debbie, we're gonna get you through this. You're gonna get down there alive. And that was all the difference I needed. And apply to my year 2020, it's the same, even though I feel like it's going downwards. I know I have an eternal hope in Jesus. He went down, I'm going down, but I know I have a hope in Jesus. And I'm gonna trust him. I'm gonna leave the handlebar to him. And you know, I think we all experience hardships from time to time. The question is how we react to it. And now in this year I see it's easy to sit in self-pity, but it takes courage for me to stand up and ask God, what can I bring to the table to change my crisis? Sometimes it's easy to be angry to other people, maybe my, my, my patients, maybe your children, maybe your clients, when you're totally out of energy. But it takes, it costs you something to stay friendly, to ask the Holy Spirit to help you being friendly. And it's easy to distract yourself from your hurtings, maybe with social media or with alcohol or whatever, but it's hard to bring what you have to Jesus and let him heal you. And I realized right now, social media is not good for me. So I just uh, deleted it from my phone, which is one step. If I wanna get closer, be more like Jesus. And today I invite you, no matter where you stand, Maybe you're going downwards, you're going upwards. Let's trust this Jesus in the side carriage. Let's trust him and be different because we are called to it. Let's be holy because he is holy. Come on, wow. <laughs> we have a God that is bigger than us. And we have a God that is holy, that wants us to be holy. In this year, I also experienced something very difficult. No, do you remember the first lockdown? It came very quickly. So in, in, in just a few days, we had to organize as a church, as 20s, to move our whole church service setting into my living room. Now I have a small apartment, two and a half rooms. So inside my living room was now the celebration. Before we had like 250 people in one room where we could preach. And now I had to do it in my living room. And I often felt a little bit alone. Well, I was not all alone because there was my wife still, which I was very glad. And one cameraman was there sometimes. So, but still I was very, very happy as soon as we could open up the again. And we, we went 
here into this very building, into the basement, and we could have the celebrations there. Just to, uh, the people came just online to it, but at least I could have another preacher together with me in the same room so we could preach together in a team. And there were a few people who organized it and a few people on the camera. So it was a big next step. So I was very glad, but this was still very complicated because to preach into a camera and to have a lot of interaction and many preachers, it just feels very different. And it, it, it was quite a stressful evening, that evening when I was preaching together with another young preacher. And she was preaching in her part and the whole atmosphere was a little bit stressed, but good, but stressed. But I've, I've seen her and I was not sure if she really feels comfortable. But then I saw that while she was preaching, there was a tear running down her face. And I felt so horrible for me as a leader. That was exactly what I didn't want to happen. It was difficult for me, for us as a church, but that a volunteer, another leader that I was leading needed to go through those difficulties and it was in front of the camera. I tried to give her signs, hey, you can let me do a part of you. But I didn't want to intimidate her because I, was, I knew she was a strong person, a strong woman, strong preacher. So we just went through this whole church service and finally at the end it was over and I could ask her, hey, how are you feeling? And she told me, Yeah, it went quite well, but just the makeup was always coming to my eyes, and so I was uh, running down the tear. And you know, but, but this whole situation shows how much tension there was in this whole year or in this whole um, uh, time where we, where we had a new circumstances because of the Uh, because of the rules of COVID for every week we had to plan new and it was so stressful and the leadership I had to lead more and stronger but I didn't have the power and I, I had a lot of questions but in this time God didn't just take all these difficulties away and I'm sure in your life it's the same God didn't take all the difficulties away even if you prayed God let life be easy again take this COVID away we all pray but it There were still a lot of difficulties there. And I learned something, and it's one of my favorite Bible verses, and I think you know it, that God sometimes doesn't take difficulties away because, let's read it here, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So God can use all things for the good in my life. So even the difficulties and even the pain and even the storms in our life, God can use. That's why he doesn't always just take it away. But my question is then, so what is the good that we read here. And the next Bible verse, we often don't read when we read this Bible verse because the next verse tells us what God means for the good. So for those God foreknew, he also...